Amen. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, my senior sister, should I say, <laughs> Carol, or Aunt Carol, for that matter. Uh, you have always been a great blessing to prayer and intercession ministry. And we thank God for the way he has gifted you. You have been consistent uh, and your entire family. May the Lord bless you. Thank you very much for that prayer. It has cleared a lot in the, in the spiritual space. Uh, my name is Peter Mutwazeje, like uh, Carol has indicated. I bring you greetings for my household. Uh, I trust that um, um, I'm not very new here, but in case you, some people are new on this group, I fellowship at All Saints Cathedral. And it's always a joy to share in these devotions and uh, teachings as we learn from one another. So may the Lord uh, refresh us this morning, even as we learn together. Father, we commit this sharing into your hands. We pray in the name of Jesus that your spirit will speak life over it. Like we read about the dry bones, your breath causing life to come over them and the tendons forming in the same way, we pray that your breath of the Holy Spirit will cause life to spring out of our sharing today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, all protocol observed. Our sharing today is, uh, is from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Our topic is verse 3. Revelations 21, verse 3. I will read a few lines, a few, just a small portion of that to get the context of our, of our topic and sharing. Uh, but it says, God's dwelling among his people. So if you're with me, Revelations uh, 21 from verse 1, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice. This is our theme now, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look. God's dwelling place is, um, is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be, will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, 
the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Verse 8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Very, very interesting uh, uh, portion of scripture from uh, the book of Revelations. Now, uh, just to comment, the book of Revelation has very exciting things. And uh, for us as believers, it gives us this eager expectation. We look forward to a number of exciting things that are, that are captured in the book uh, of Revelation. For example, I can imagine, you know, this picture of a great multitude sharing in the Lamb's victory and salvation. You know, the picture of a great multitude, you, you, it's captured, um, it's captured, um, I could share a few of, a few bits. If you read, for example, in Revelation chapter 7, verse, verse from verse 9, just to give you an, a, a recap of what uh, the book of Revelation brings to us as, as great joy. Uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, it says, After this I saw a vast crowd. Just imagine this multitude of a party. After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne. I just want you to imagine this with me, because as believers, we look forward to this that is painted in the book of Revelation, you know? And it says, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb, they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from one, from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Verse 11 of uh, Revelation 7, it says, And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings, and they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshipped God. They sang, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor. Uh, and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Verse 13 says, Then one of the 24 elders asked me, Who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are the one who knows. Then he said to me, These are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will give them shelter. Uh, you know, exciting things. Verse 16 says, they will never again be hungry or thirsty. 
they will never be scorched by the heat of the sun for the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd he will lead them to springs of life-giving water and god will wipe every tear from their eyes hallelujah very exciting things to look forward to as believers as we join in that victorious celebration in heaven the wedding for example you imagine the wedding planned between the lamb and the bride the hope of the final victory of our lord and savior jesus christ over all his enemies and our enemies very exciting things that are captured in the book uh, of revelation maybe just to give you one last one which is captured in revelation chapter 22 from verse 1 to 14. i'm just giving a commentary of the things that we look forward to as believers beyond this earthly way of life there are things that we look forward to eagerly and every believer must be excited about it revelation chapter 22 from verse uh, 1 it says then the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of god and of the lamb it flowed down the center of the main street oh on each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop from for each month the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations verse 3 says no longer will there be a curse upon anything for the throne of god and of the lamb will be there and his servants will worship him and they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads and there will be no more night there no need for lamps or sun for the lord god will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever hallelujah so the the book of revelation captures great experiences and moments that you do not want to miss i am just exciting you as a believer to look forward to this these moments for example verse 14 says blessed are those who wash their robes they will be permitted to enter through the gate of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life outside the city there are dogs the sorcerers the sexual immoral the murderers the idol worshippers and all who love to live a lie so the portion of scripture we are focusing on today falls in that category of of experiences in heaven that you do not want to miss experiences that excite a believer to live a holy life to live a life of 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 uh, obedience to god because you do not want to miss this experience hallelujah <laughs> oh lord we bless you so our topic is picked from revelation 21 verse 3 but it it brings forward the same experience the same joy you don't want to miss this it says verse 3 and i heard a loud voice from the throne saying look god's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them they will be his people and god himself will be with them and be their god he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and they will know and there will, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain 
for the old order of things has passed away. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord. We bless the Lord. I love the way NLT puts it. It says, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Uh, the only example I could find that we relate with in Uganda here is the, you know, the president is represented in every district. Now, in this district, previously, those of you that are older, there used to be district commissioners or DC. So these district commissioners would be assigned districts but they would not stay in those districts. It would just be a title, you know, like you're a district commissioner of uh, Kabiramaido, but you don't stay in Kabiramaido. You are always in Kampala. So they introduced the word resident to the title. So you're, you're, the RDC is a resident district commissioner. You are expected to reside in that district. You're supposed to represent the president in that district. But now from what we are reading, it's as if, you know, if, 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 if the, the RDC is representing the, the president in a district, now the president has chosen that, no, I don't need an RDC to represent me in your district. I will come and stay in your district. <laughs> I will come as the president of the nation, His Excellency. I will, instead of sending you a representative to stay in your district as an RDC, this time I will come and stay in your district. Our president uses this, uh, this approach when there is conflict in some districts. He goes there and camps there. Eh? Hallelujah. So the Lord is saying hmm, that the Lord's dwelling, the Lord's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them they will be his people and god himself will be with them and be their god he will no longer work through another dc no he will no longer send representatives no he wants to dwell with the people so normally when the president does this the people are liberated to tell him their problems if it is cattle wrestling that is affecting them, they give it to him. If it is a land grabbing matter in that area, they take him. If it is uh, anything, uh, a civil war, they talk to him. So the same, I hope you've captured that, that picture that I'm trying to paint. But now for us to get the best understanding of what is captured in the book of Revelation, and this is where uh, Anglicans have an advantage now you Anglicans have an advantage that normally in the reading in the service, you have both the, the Old Testament reading, normally the first reading, and then you have a second reading, normally the New Testament reading, in the sense that what is captured in the, in the, in the New Testament is more or less um, a fulfillment of what is captured in the, in the Old Testament. In many cases, those two readings speak to each other. Of course, sometimes we, we pick out a topic and just focus on that. But the principle of the first reading and the second reading, in my view, 
is that you read the Old Testament and you read the corresponding interpretation in the New Testament. So for you to understand what is being captured in the, in the, in the revelation here, God dwelling among his people and being our God, you need to understand how God related with, with people um, in the Old Testament. So it is important to understand how God relates with his people through a relationship based on a covenant. I am going to go slow because I, I have, there's a bit of a teaching that I, I have included in this sharing. So it's a morning devotion, but with a, a content of a teaching which you will need to understand the whole context. So the concept of covenants, all right? Uh, and this is, uh, normally when I speak, I, I, I talk about prayer school, but uh, it's okay. I, I won't go in deep things here. But the concept of covenants, that God deals with his people through covenants, you know? God makes a covenant with the people and, agree, they agree, and he agrees with them of the do's and don'ts. And, and we understand that God is, is a great initiator of covenants. In most cases, it is him who, who proposes, the, who, who, who meets uh, Moses, for example, and initiates something, uh, uh, a deal, so to say. And he introduces himself to Israel as a covenant-keeping God. Our God is a covenant-keeping God. So please come with me. It won't be long. It won't be confusing. I just want to bring to your attention the aspect of the Old Testament and the covenant aspect so that we understand how God wants to dwell among us, especially as All Saints Cathedral, how God wants to dwell among his people rather than this hit and run, this visitation, you know, uh, once in a while, you know, it is, it's, it's, he wants to dwell among us. Hallelujah. So we understand that the covenant that God made with Abraham was renewed with his son, Isaac. You can read about this in Genesis. And God says to Isaac, to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will fulfill the oath which I saw to Abraham, your father. And then to Isaac's son Jacob, God also renews the same thing, confirms the covenant with him. He says, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your descendants, and your descendants shall be like the dust of the earth. So on and so on and so on. Genesis 28. Hallelujah. And, and it goes on, and by you and your descendants shall, um, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And he says, behold, I am with you and will keep you and will, and, and will keep you wherever you go. So we, I, I introduced the, the idea, the concept now of the covenant. But today we will focus on the covenant between God and the nation of Israel. All right? He renews this covenant in the times of Moses. Hallelujah. Please don't lose me. It won't be long. I will just capture it for us to understand why God desires to dwell among his people. So you read basically the, 
book Exodus from chapter 19 all the way to maybe even 34, it's about the making of this covenant, the covenant between God and the children of Israel. Please come with me. For example, uh, when you read in, uh, if, if you have your Bible, turn to Exodus 19. Exodus 19, when you read uh, from verse 1, hallelujah, Lord, we ask for release. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Now, see what happened here. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You, yourselves, have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Verse 5, Exodus 19. Now, if you obey me and uh, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, listen to this, out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. I trust we are together. Now, if you obey me fully and follow my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured, my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. This is God speaking to Moses on, on Mount Sinai. Hallelujah. Just to bring you to speed, I'll read a few more verses there. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together. We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, verse 9, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Verse 10, and the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day, because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. But put limits for the people around the mountain and, and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the, the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches it and so on and so on. Hallelujah. I am recapping for you an experience that happened on that mountain as the Lord interfaced with Moses and the children of Israel in a covenant in which he committed with them on how they ought to, to operate with him. Hallelujah. So if you read on, uh, for example, on verse um, 14, after Moses has, had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them and they washed their clothes. Then he said to the people, prepare yourselves 
for the third day, abstain from sexual relations. On the morning of the third day, there was a thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Oh, please come with me in this experience, a covenant, an engagement between the people and the Lord God Almighty. Verse 18 says, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from the furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently. I, I will move faster ahead uh, just in the interest of time. Wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 23 says, Moses said to the people, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai because you yourself warned us. Put limits around the mountain and set it apart. And, and, and I'm just capturing for you an experience that happened. Fast forward, you get to Exodus chapter uh, 20, a bit of that. Let me just pick a small bit there. Uh, and verse 1 of Exodus 20 said, And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other God before me. Hallelujah. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain on, on smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance. Listen to this. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us or we will die. You're hearing that? Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people Amen. remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Amen. And uh, I, I think a bit of the long reading will stop there. But as I read these verses, as I read how the people were saying, you know what, Moses, you, you talk to God and come back and tell us. We will not, we do not want to encounter God directly. <laughs> this sounds to me like my church. <laughs> this sounds to me like my beautiful dear Old Saints Cathedral, Nakasero Kampala. This sounds to me like my, my beautiful church of Uganda. This sounds to me like the body of Christ in my country. They are saying, you know what? You, you, you priests interface with God. We are not interested in, in engaging directly with him. You, we, you come back and tell us, as for fasting, as for prayer, as for overnight, as for all these things, you do them. <laughs> Oh, yes. You do them. For us, we will come on Sunday dressed smartly and sit in the pew and you will tell us what God has told you. We do not want God to dwell among us. We do not want to engage with God at a close range. They trembled with fear. Does that sound like what we relate with? But I just wanted to bring out the aspect of the covenant 
and how it happened. I will point out a few things and I will be done. So you notice in this exchange that God highlighted the promises of the covenant and also highlighted that the conditions of this covenant. He's saying, I will be your God. You will be my people. I will dwell among you. All right? Deal, deal. So he states the benefits. I, 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 okay, you call them promises. He gave them the promises for keeping the covenant. I will call them the benefits of God dwelling among his people. When God dwells among his people. Now put into perspective what we read in Revelation. Because now it should make sense to you. The Old Testament approach uh, versus the New Testament approach. God dwelling among his people. So he points out the benefits of this covenant. Number one, benefit number one or promise number one. He says in Exodus 19.5, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Hallelujah. I, I, want, I love to customize some of these things. Eh? Like Peter, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of the, all the, the, the children in your family, out of all your siblings, you will be my treasured possession. Hallelujah. I wish I could use some names on the on the chat, on the on the forum this morning. You know, you, you don't want to use names that uh, are not your friends. They might get offended. So sometimes it's good to find a friend on the group. I hope I can find one quickly. Aha, yes, I have already seen one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yes, Abola is here. I believe he's the one I know. There could be a different Abola. Eh? If you obey me fully, James Abola, and keep my covenant, then out of all the employees in that institution, you will be my treasured possession. That's a promise that God gives as part of the covenant. Hallelujah. NLT puts it differently. It says you will be my own special treasure from among all the people on earth and for all the earth, for all the earth belongs to me. Now, friends, we need to understand this benefit, this promise that God is saying, if we covenant, if we keep in covenant with him, if he dwells among us, even as all saints cathedral, if we commit to the rules of the game, he will make us his treasured possession. Yes, the whole world belongs to him, but we will be special. He did this commitment with Israel. And, uh, you know, as intercessors, sometimes we, we are creative. So we, we, there was a time, and I think it is still there, we're saying Israel is the first nation, the firstborn nation. But Uganda can be the second-born nation. Who says uh, God only stopped at Israel? <laughs> Hallelujah. So much as the covenant was to Israel per se, but we are partakers of that covenant. In fact, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 8 from around verse 15, Deuteronomy 8, 15, he says, do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness. With, with, with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was too hot and dry. Verse, verse 18 says, 
Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you uh, power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Hallelujah. So promise number one, benefit number one, that if we, if we keep the part of the bargain, the part of the covenant, we will be a treasured possession of the Lord. And there are benefits that come to that, that come with that. He says, uh, for example, uh, Psalm 91, that those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That's a, an experience of being with the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. And you can customize this at family level, at workplace level, at church level, that because you are dwelling, uh, the, the Lord is dwelling amongst you, you are his treasured possession. Promise number one. Promise number two, or benefit number two, is just in the, second, in the next verse, Exodus 19, uh, 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 chapter 19, verse 6. He says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests. Hallelujah. <laughs> you will be for me a kingdom of priests. So we know that priests are mediators or go between who represent the needs of the people to God, at least the teaching of the Old Testament. But we also know that now in Christ, this has been fulfilled. You know, the fulfillment of the Old Testament priesthood because Christ sacrificed himself in order to restore our relationship with God through our faith in him, in Jesus Christ, all of us who believe are now priests. Yes, what does that mean? It means we can offer ourselves in selfless service to others, like uh, what most of you are doing in this season, offering yourself selflessly for others. And we can bring our daily needs and the needs of others to God in prayer directly. That's what First Peter uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 9 says. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. So in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, the priest would have to represent us before God. But now this royal priesthood, we are able to first and foremost present ourselves you know, before the Lord selflessly to serve as an offering. But we can also bring the needs, our needs and the needs of others, the role of a priest. So the Lord is saying, if you keep the part of the covenant, you will be for me a kingdom of priests. But for you to appreciate, you know, not everyone loves to be a priest. For you to appreciate the, the joy of being a priest, you need to read Isaiah 61, verse 6, uh, up to around verse 7. It says, you will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. That is a priestly, a priestly privilege. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. 
Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. So when the Lord says you will be for me a kingdom of priests, my friend, there is a package to it. There is such, oh my God, there is a, is a word I'm looking for. When you're leaving an organization, there is a package they give you. There are benefits you walk away with if you have done your part right, if you have not been dismissed. <laughs> so the Lord is saying you will be a kingdom of priests, all saints cathedral. We will not rely on a few handful uh, people to do everything. No, the Lord, if we allow the Lord to dwell among us, he will make us a kingdom of priests. Yes, the, the one thing that has been speaking to me uh, of recent is that, and I think it was shared last evening, that scripture that brings out the fact that God is building us into a, a spiritual temple. You know, Jesus, the cornerstone, but we are also living stones. So he's building a temple with stones. Maybe one stone is Peter, another one is, is Carol, another one is so-and-so. He's building a spiritual temple, a spiritual house that will offer sacrifices to him. Now, the issue with building with stones, they are not of the same size. They are not like bricks and blocks. No. They are, sometimes their shapes are different, but the Lord is doing it in our time. He's constructing us into a spiritual house. Some of you are intercessors, others are preachers, others are doing different aspects, but he's constructing something out of us. Hallelujah. So among the benefits or the promises you see here is that we'll be a kingdom of priests to the Lord. Number three, Benefit number three of allowing the Lord to dwell among us and us being his people and him being our God. Benefit or promise number three, which we get from this covenant is Exodus, uh, again, Exodus 19, verse six. It says, you will be my holy nation. Hallelujah. You will be my holy nation. Now, we started number one, a treasured possession of the Lord. Number two, a kingdom of priests, hallelujah. Number three, a holy nation that the Lord will count on us as all saints, hallelujah. Doesn't this excite you, friends? That the Amen. Lord will count on Amen. us as a holy nation. Now, for you to understand this again, you let me pick something for you from Leviticus chapter 11, verse 45. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 45, this is what it says. It says, for I, the Lord, I am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. Therefore, you must be holy because I am holy. Maybe to put a footnote on this, you know, as, as God's people, as believers, we are holy because God has declared us holy in his sight. You understand? Yes, sometimes when you tell people that you are holy, they, they think you're trying to over-exalt yourself. 
holier than everyone you are judgmental but we as believers and i believe everyone at the sound of my voice is a believer you are holy because god has declared us holy in his sight because of jesus what jesus did now we if you have faith in jesus then you are declared holy but the bible calls us to keep growing in holiness yes our growing in holiness as we separate ourselves from sin we continue to consecrate ourselves so we are declared holy not because we have worked for it not because we have fulfilled every detail of the law but because of what Christ has accomplished the lord has declared us holy and he is saying i will make you a holy nation there are benefits that will come to you because i have declared you a holy nation hallelujah he does he does this covenant with israel but this is what we are tapping into a, keep, a covenant keeping god if you understand that then you will find the other books in the new testament easy to understand even the portion we read from revelation would be easy for you to understand that the lord can relate with all saints and he can say they are my holy people not that they don't sin not that all saints does not sin not that the people are all saints are all holy but the lord declares us a holy assembly because the lord dwells among us it's not a hit and run it's not a visitation of uh, one overnight and after that <laughs> we go back to square zero hallelujah benefit number 4 or promise number 4 that the lord is giving us and you find this in exodus 23 verse 22 hmm? if the lord dwells among us he's saying i will be an enemy to your enemies and i will oppose those who oppose you i hope someone is following hallelujah I I oh god amen. help me amen amen says, I will be an enemy to your enemies I will oppose those who oppose you if you oh I gave you an example of another DC and the president now when the lord himself comes to dwell among you you benefit from this that now your enemies <laughs> oh my goodness your enemies cease to be your enemies alone they become the enemies of god and he assures israel of this he says whoever tampers with israel touches me directly i swing into action directly you are touching the the, the wrong place <laughs> oh yes jesus so this is a promise this is a benefit i know we love to know what is in it for me this is what is in it for you that as long as the dwelling place of the lord is in our midst as long as we have fulfilled the part of the covenant our enemies will be his let me read something for you here in, uh, in the book of joshua joshua chapter 10 joshua chapter 10 from verse 9 is uh, the bible captures a very interesting narration of war It says Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorites armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into panic and the Israelites slaughtered great number of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road of Beth Horon, 
killing them all along the way to Azeka and Makeda. Now listen to this. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm. Did you hear that? The Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail, the hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. Talk about the Lord taking on the war. <laughs> and I know there are some of you listening to me and you wish you could hand over your enemies to the Lord. But what I need you to understand is that we do not fight against flesh and blood. So our enemies are not individuals. No, we fight against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world. We fight against powers in the dark world, against evil forces in the heavenly places. You know that. So that's the war I am talking about. I am not saying that uh, you take it literally. So, um, and I'm about to close here. But the benefit number five, which is also important that we understand, that when the dwelling of the Lord is among his people, uh, you find this in Exodus 34, God promises miracles and wonders. And I know we have struggled with this. But for as long as the Lord's dwelling is among us, for as long as it is not an on and off experience, for as long as it is not in and out relationship, for as long as we are covenanted to walk with the Lord, he promises, this is what it says in Exodus 34 verse 10, the Lord replied, listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. Hallelujah. So there is no shortcut to it. The Lord is saying, this is it. We are in a covenant. I will do my part. You must do your part. There are conditions to the covenant. There are rules of the covenant. And for as long as we fulfill the rules, this is an Old Testament uh, kind of uh, context, but it translates, it is fulfilled in Christ in the New Testament. So as, uh, as I, I try to bring this to a close, some of the conditions that the Lord is putting forward for us to enjoy all these benefits of his dwelling among us, which I have listed, I've only done five, you can go on and do the study. You know, we started as a treasured possession, treasured in the sense that whereas the entire world is his, but because of our relationship with him, he considers us special. Your family has many children, but there is a special place that you hold. There are many employees in your organization, but the Lord says you will be a treasured possession for me. There are many priests uh, in the Church of Uganda, but for you, you will be my, oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Yes, he, you, my treasured possession. You will be a kingdom of priests. Yes, hallelujah. You will be a holy nation. Yes, I will do wonders 
and miracles. Your enemies will be my enemies. Those are the beautiful things that the Lord wants us to, to meditate on this morning. And the, the conditions or the things he's asking of us to do, friends, he's not asking us rocket science. He's asking us basic things. There are not many. Condition number one, he's saying, love God, love me. <laughs> love God. Actually, Jesus called it the greatest commandment. In the Anglican church, we say the summary of the law. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know it, even if I don't finish the whole thing. So to love the Lord is to delight yourself in the Lord. This morning, for example, delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean? What does that mean? The, the psalmist says, Psalm 37, verse 4 to 6, is take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. What will he do? He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Delight yourself in the Lord. Love the Lord. Not just plastic love for the Lord, but like the Bible says, with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength. Now, that's number one. Number two, he asks for obedience. Over and over, he says, if you obey me fully. Now, it's not complicated. He's saying, love me and obey. Obedience. So, but disobedience comes out of faith because you have put your faith in him. Oh, oh anyway, my time is right, is out. I must end here. So as I close in a minute or two, I know our time is done. Uh, it is unfortunate that when the people saw Moses, that Moses, this is in Exodus 32, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming, they did otherwise. Moses was on the mountain and they formed the calf. So as Moses is coming down the mountain with Aaron, they have a conversation. It says, when Joshua heard, this was uh, Moses and Joshua. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there is sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, it is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. There is a sound in the camp at all saints. There is a noise in the camp of all saints. There is a noise I hear. It is not a sound of victory. It is not a sound of defeat. What sound is it? There is a noise coming out of Oh God, help us. There is a noise. There is a noise I hear. It does not sound like a sound of victory. Neither does it sound like a sound of defeat. What sound is coming out of all sense? What sound is coming out of your own space? Is it a sound of victory? Is it a sound of grumbling? Is it a sound of defeat? Is it a sound of war? What are these sheep, the bleating sheep? This bleating sheep, what, what, what is that noise I hear? This is how Samuel asked so. 
So may God and uh, Carol thank you for intercession. I've used a lot of time. You may not have much time to pray, but uh, I know the Lord will help us. What is this noise I hear? May God bless you. Amen and amen. That is what happens when you spend time in the presence of the Lord. Everything keeps unwrapping, unwrapping, and you find yourself going deeper and deeper and wider in the word. That is what happens when we are in the presence of the Lord. Indeed, Lord God Almighty, we come to you this morning to thank you for your son, Peter, and for his sharing, pouring himself out to us after spending time in your presence. Lord God Almighty, refresh Peter. May the blessings that Lord God Almighty add no sorrow flow through him to his family and his children's children for all generations. Indeed, may he be a treasured possession before you. Lord God Almighty, may we who have been on this sharing today and everybody concerning us, O oh God, whom you have assigned to us, be a treasured possession for you. King of glory, thank you that you are purpose to dwell among us. Holy Spirit, here we are. Cleanse us. We are your temples. Lord, come and dwell among us. Come and dwell among us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for reviving us. Thank you for growing our hope again. That Lord God Almighty, no matter what challenges we are going through in life, your presence, your presence, Lord God Almighty, will bring to us righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy in your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, dwell in us. Lord, speak, thunder, and silence every other voice. Silence every other voice, Lord God Almighty. Holy Spirit, keep us focused beyond our current situations, hardships, Lord God Almighty, any suffering that we are going through. May we see Christ. May we see the dwelling place of God in our midst, in every way. Lord, come and dwell among us. In the storms of life, come and dwell among us. In the wealth, in the health, Lord God Almighty, in the different blessings, dwell among us that we will not drift away from you. Lord, we desire a deep and personal relationship with you. Dwell among us. May your presence dispel every darkness. May sin not be found among us. Destroy every snares of the enemy. Lord God Almighty, may the fear of the Lord remain in us, O God, that we will not sin against you, King of glory. Father, forgive us for relegating our priestly role to the clergy. We have relegated this role even in our homes, even in our workplaces. O Lord, revive us again. Grow us in a personal relationship with you. Today we declare that Lord God Almighty, King of kings, you will remain our God. Lord God Almighty, dwell among us. We open our hearts to you. Lord God, my Father, may we be your treasured position, possession, even in our wilderness situation. Lord God Almighty, restore us again to be your battle access. Lord God Almighty, restore us to be your priests, a holy nation set apart to worship you. That in you, Lord God, my Father, we will have a double portion of honor. We shall enjoy the treasures of the nations. We shall be a holy nation, that you will be our shield, 
against our enemies who are your enemies use creation lord god almighty to fight for us father may we remain the apple of your eye in this month lord god almighty this new season we have entered May your miracles, O God, work among us in every way. Let there be an open heavens, Lord God, my Father, that in every way we shall be able to manifest the power of God in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, help us to fulfill all the commandments. Help us, Lord God Almighty, King of Glory, to remain fulfilling the, our part of the covenant to the glory of your name. And Lord, we come to you. We also want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You have mobilized us, Lord God Almighty, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. King of kings, even as war rages, Lord God, my father, this battle against Hamas is a battle, Lord God Almighty, against wickedness, Lord God, my father, bloodthirsty men, Lord God Almighty, who are getting their commands from the pit of hell. We are asking, Lord, that as you were with Joshua, king of glory, every battle where there were no survivors let there be no survivors of wickedness lord god almighty in this battle strengthen israel to reflect who you are to the world lord god almighty in every way king of kings that judgment may fall on those that must be judged but those that must receive salvation lord god almighty you will spare them for yourself oh god king of glory even in the camp of the enemy there are those who receive salvation we are asking that those you will spare for yourself that there will be a remnant lord thunder in israel thunder in uganda that we may experience your presence break every barrier that is hindering us from coming into your presence in any way blessed be your holy name we worship you and we exalt you and lord we pray holy spirit that this that has been shared with us that king of glory you bring it back to memory bring it back to us that we will continue to reflect on it until we come to the place of dwelling in your presence without any hindrance in jesus mighty name we have prayed with thanksgiving amen